Hello, you're listening to The Short Story, the daily podcast that will help you make sense of what is happening in STOs and crypto assets. My name is Stefan Lösch. Today's news article is about an Ethereum user who claims to have lost uh, 40 ETH by sending them to the wrong address. The news item itself is not uh, of major importance, except for the user, I suppose, but it highlights a number of problems that I want to discuss uh, in this podcast. The first observation is that the story is somewhat weird. Ethereum addresses have a checksum built in. Um, it works essentially by the capitalization of the letters in the Ethereum address. So valid Ethereum addresses have a certain combination of uppercase and lowercase. This is different from the way Bitcoin does it and also different from the way that IBANs in the banking system do it, who simply add um, one or two digits at the end of the number as a checksum. Historically, the reason for Ethereum doing it differently is that uh, Vitalik initially did not foresee a checksum and he did not want to break compatibility with old uh, Ethereum implementations. So many wallets accept, um, accept Ethereum addresses in all lowercase and in which case uh, a checksum is not checked. Having said this, anything that is working in the consumer space should absolutely uh, use checksums. There's really no excuse for uh, for letting non-checksum address pass. So coming back to the story, in the Reddit thread, uh, the address that the user posts actually does not pass the checksum test, so it is not a valid address. However, the address that he claims to be erroneous is a valid address, and this is something that should not happen accidentally. The points. So, learning one in Ethereum, you should always use checksum addresses. And in this case, what uh, happened to this user should, in principle, not happen. This leads me on to the real topic here, which is about the Ethereum name service. The Ethereum name service is uh, connected to the .eth domain, and it allows you to connect Ethereum addresses with real-world identifiers. So if I had been early enough, I could have bought myself stefan.eth, and then everyone could send me um, Ethereum to my address at stefan.eth. Now, I haven't checked, but I'm almost certain that stefan.eth has been taken and it probably has been taken in all uh, possible spellings. So I suppose I could still buy Stefan K. Lesch or something like this, which is probably reasonably unique uh, in terms of names. Uh, Peter Smith would be a little bit harder, but Stefan K. Lesch should be all right. However, if I do it, then, well, I will obviously do it with the correct spelling of my name, and the German spelling finishes Lush with an S-C-H. Turns out, though, that when I'm dealing with people in Anglo-Saxon countries, this S-C-H thing is really confusing, and a lot of people just ignore the C in the middle, and they spell my last name with S-H at the end.
So I can almost guarantee you that if I use Stefan K. Lush as my uh, Ethereum address, then some people would try to send some funds to Stefan K. Lush with an SH at the end instead of SCH. If someone else buys this address, then these funds are misdirected and there is no way to recover them. So quite honestly, I really don't understand whoever thought that doing a name service that uh, yeah, does non-checksumped addresses is a good idea. This leads us to an even wider problem, which is that um, a priori on a blockchain, errors cannot be corrected. Edmund Schuster uh, has written a very interesting paper on this, where he says this is a, a property of blockchains that really doesn't work when to want to use it for security tokens. And his argument is pretty easy and pretty convincing because the state of the blockchain is not the state of the world. The state of the world is the state of the world. So if a court of law decides that something is illegal, then something is illegal and it needs to be mapped on the blockchain. Now, if you talk about Ethereum, then ultimately court of laws might not be able to do much because while the Ethereum that is in a wrong address, if you don't know who owns this address, there's really nothing that you can do to recover. However, when you deal with security tokens, you're dealing with real world assets. These real world assets are linked to the tokens, but this linkage is not automatic and so courts uh, can break it. So the conclusion in Edmund's paper is that you really only have two options when you want to deal uh, with the security token space and both of them are not very palatable for the hardcore crypto crowd. Well, one of them isn't palatable to them and the other one is not palatable to everyone else. So the first solution is to have some kind of an admin key uh, within the token smart contract that allows you to implement code orders and to move token arounds at will. This works in practice, but this is of course against all the crypto ethos and it also introduces a very much centralized element there because this private key, the admin private key is a massive centralized thing. The second solution is to simply allow for the divergence between the real share register in real world or the real ownership register and the token register and somehow deal with it um, by correcting for it uh, off chain or at least in some extra processes. Now, this is in principle possible, but it pretty much negates all the advantage that uh, blockchain has from an operational point of view, because once you have been running with this for a while, you're going to have so many exceptions that you're probably better off just going with the traditional system. So that's it for today, with a reminder that there are quite difficult choices to be made. I hope to see you again tomorrow. Bye.